everybody. I'm so excited that you joined us for this episode of the Future Ready Librarian podcast, Leading from the Library. And I am so excited today to welcome my friend, Britton Follett. Hi, Shannon. How are you? I'm so And hello, glad- everyone in podcast land. I'm so glad that you um, had time to join me because it's always great talking to Britton and I'm going to let her first introduce herself so you guys can find out a little bit more about her. Hi everyone, my name is Britton Follett. I work for Follett. I'm the leader of Follett's K-12 school business. Follett's a fifth generation family business. I am a fifth generation Follett family member. It's not just a quinky thing that I have the same last name. Um, My great-great-grandfather founded Follett um, in partnership with a gentleman named Charles Barnes, and you would probably recognize uh, Charles Barnes as the founder of Barnes & Noble, and so Mr. Barnes and my great-great-grandfather were uh, business partners, and they had a small used book business in Wheaton, Illinois, and over the course of time, uh, Mr. Barnes kind of stayed focused on the retail business and Follett really stayed focused on education. And so as a result, about 150 years later, and now it's through a pandemic, we're, we're still here and providing content and technology to uh, many of you out there. So thank you for your continued business and support over the years. Oh, and thank you for all your support. This podcast is in conjunction with our partnership with Future Ready Schools and followed. And I know everybody appreciates all the help that we're giving them, not just in the podcast series, but what we do throughout the year. So thank you, Britton, for that. So today we thought that it would be an interesting topic to talk about just being a librarian in a pandemic. And Britton posted a question last week on our Future Ready Librarian Facebook page about things that we were doing as librarians during this pandemic and how we were dealing with it, our challenges. And so I'm really anxious to hear your perspective on what you heard during that, but also just to get your perspective, you know, not only within our country, but also globally, what you're seeing within your line of work too. Definitely. Yeah, this is a, we continue to hear the word unprecedented, and these are truly unprecedented times for the library market in general. Um, You know, Follett's core business really serves the school and public libraries. And, you know, the trends that we're seeing across both segments of the business provide a unique opportunity for our future-ready librarians to really seize e-learning and collaboration with teachers, but it's also a threatening time. And I know that many of the folks who responded to that post on the Future Ready Library Facebook page are, are feeling that threat. They, librarians in general, I think, um, have been trying to define what their role is in a digital world, hence the creation of Future Ready Libraries and the Future Ready Library framework. And I think we were gaining a lot of traction with that and then the world changed. And so the future's here and now is the time to truly define what a library, the physical space of a library and the role of a librarian can be in a digital world because I don't believe that we're going to go back after this to not using eBooks and not using digital resources and you know, canceling school for snow days. There really should be no reason to cancel school. Everybody did e-learning and uh, had a way of figuring it out. So 
how can a librarian truly capitalize on this opportunity to get books in the hands of kids? Because whether kids are learning on a couch or learning in the classroom, we know that content is needed. And we know that librarians are, in, are, are the most qualified person in a building to figure out what books are needed to help teach a particular topic or to help get a kid excited about reading. And what, one of the things we do know is that Destiny Discover, which is the way in which students find print and digital content in most schools, that usage is uh, it's double. It's double what it's ever been in the past. And so that in and of itself, I think, positions librarians to make sure that the library is front and center in that learning process. So that's been an interesting uh, trend that we've seen in back to school. So when everything shut down, we know that students were accessing digital resources because that was all they had to access. But now as school has come back this fall, it's been an interesting development to see how Destiny is being used in instruction and keeping in mind that that is truly at its core a library management system. And so that to me puts the library front and center with the education process. And you know, great librarians like yourself, Shannon, are working with teachers to help expose that content no matter where learning is taking place, whether it's in-person, hybrid, or remote. So a lot of interesting trends, but I think that this is a never before seen opportunity for librarians to truly define what they want to be in the future. Yeah, and I agree with that too. Like we think of all the things that we've always done and you know, we go year after year and we talk with our teachers and we talk with our kids about how we access books and how we use resources in the library or how we collaborate. And now it seems like everybody is like paying attention because they need us more than ever. And I look at you mentioned like Destiny Discover, like I've never had so many kids ask me what their username and password are because they know that they have to log in to reserve a book. They know that they have to go there in order to read an ebook or listen to an audio book. And another big thing for us are just the way that we use collections um, by Destiny at Van Meter. And I think that's something that I'm so thankful for because it's such a great way to be able to curate these e-resources that we have too. And in Van Meter, we have so many, we have thousands of books that are provided like through our state and things that we have in our library, but I'm really thankful that we have, you know, collections in order to be able to curate those resources that we have. Are you seeing things too, like trends on those being used a lot more? Everything is, any deliver, digital delivery of content is double what we've seen in the past. Um, and digital sales are triple what we've seen in the past. So there's definitely a pendulum swing. Now, I don't want everyone out there to go, oh my goodness, print books are dead because they're not. It The, the true solution has to be digital and print, because we still know that there are a lot of little ones out there that don't have access to the internet at home. They don't have devices to take home. Maybe mom or dad can't read or English is their second language and they, they need that additional help and print is the perfect companion for any learning strategy. So it's interesting because when uh, we heading into fall and back to school, we 
always set up a survey in Tidal Wave, which is the e-commerce tool where uh, librarians, teachers, curriculum folks all go in to build their collections and, and buy books. And so we ask people to update their contact information every fall and or you know change their school just kind of check in and say hey is everything we have on you up to date this year we added a couple of questions to that survey just again to kind of get a litmus test on the market and so we've had 26,000 customers respond to that survey now so it's substantial data and the reality is less than 15% of K-12 schools are doing in-person instruction. So that means there's a whole lot of schools who are doing remote and hybrid. The most are doing hybrid. So 60% are doing some form of hybrid instruction. And obviously budgets are in, in an uncertain status at this point for the majority of schools. They're indicating that they don't want to spend their budget dollars yet. Their principal's not letting them spend their budget dollars yet because the, we don't know whether they're going to be in school in person or hybrid or remote for the entire year. And you might make different decisions in the types of materials you're gonna purchase depending on what happens in the coming months, especially as we head into you know, the fall and winter flu season. So anyway, long story short, one of the questions was, are you going to be spending more on digital or what's the blend of print and digital? And overwhelmingly, and again, the majority of the respondents are librarians at this point, overwhelmingly, they're saying that they still want to spend their budget on print. And I think it's for a couple of reasons. One is that print and digital strategy, digital doesn't meet everybody's needs. Secondly, there is an argument to be made that let's say kids aren't using the library this entire school year. If you don't buy books for your library for an entire year, that's a whole year of a collection that is getting stale. And so there's a lot of that. And those there's going to be even more new books that come out the following year. And if you don't buy print books for your library or add to it over the course of the next 365 days, you're gonna be in catch up mode for a few years. And so what's the blend there of, I wanna make sure that I have the new titles that kids are gonna be excited about to make sure that they are attracted to the library when they do come back into school or that they're remotely checking out on Destiny by holding books. What are yeah. you saying? That's something that I think a lot about because I think about our collection and even this summer and we went ahead and we ordered the award books. We ordered a lot of books around diversity. We ordered new books that were coming out. And even though when I go into the library and I see a lot of the books sitting there, I think at least we're keeping up on making sure that we have these things available. If it's teachers checking them out, if it's us doing virtual read alouds and we're back in school. And so, you know, being creative because our library isn't open yet, but it actually opens up a little bit tomorrow, which is exciting. Yay. I know I'm so happy, but it's, you know, that's something that we have to keep in mind because it's still a collection and we're librarians and we have to take care of that and how we are making sure that our kids have, you know, what they need. And I really love all the ways that we see on the Future Ready Librarian page on how people are really getting creative on how they're getting books into their kids' hands. And I know that even this spring when we were all at home, I don't know how many times I put books on our front step 
for people to pick up if it was teachers or book clubs or even kids, parents that were reaching out. But we need to really think differently, be creative on how we're getting these resources, but not to just put that aside and not pay attention to what is needed too, because it's still a collection that we have to take care of. Yeah, I think since the shutdown started, I've continued to see and hear about success stories about librarians getting creative and figuring out how to get kids books, whether it's driving them around to individual families' houses or having a time where families can drive through and pick up their books. And now that some students are in school but can't maybe go to the physical library, they're you know rolling carts down to the classroom and delivering them. Uh, one of the uh, more impactful stories I have heard is that a librarian sent a survey out to all the students to understand what they like to read in the event that the, that particular student is sent home with COVID or having been exposed to COVID, that they could send some books home with that student. So, you know, he or she has some things to read when they're at home. Because again, we we know that there are so many families out there that don't have home libraries. And to think that these kids are potentially just sitting in front of a television or, you know, sitting in front of their pad all day and not exposed to books or learning is, it's just a missed opportunity. And that's the role of the library really is to help fill that gap. So it's heartwarming to see the stories of librarians who are truly thinking about their jobs differently. And, um, you know, again, I know it's frustrating when you're, the job you went to school for, the job you signed up for isn't the job that you're doing right now. But I guess I would, you know, parallel that to everything in our society. Nothing is normal right now. And so it doesn't mean that it's not gonna go back to what it was, but I think this is an opportunity for librarians to think about their jobs differently and really define what it's going, what the role of the library is going to be in that school building moving forward, because we've been ripe for transformation in the library industry for some time. And I think this is an opportunity to say, okay, hey, I'm here, this is what I can be. And I know I've heard frustrations from librarians who are really playing tech support or just trying to help kids get logged in or manage devices or otherwise right now that's essential you know we in the shutdown we kept talking about what's an essential role that role is essential right now and it might not be the perfect job description for the role but it's what's needed right now and sometimes that's what you got to do well, and I think too, like we look at our framework as futurity librarians, and we look at the way that we can connect with our leaders, our teachers, our IT people. And a lot of us, you know, that's a struggle or something that we work with all the time and we try to make those things happen. And this is just like you said, the perfect opportunity to really come forward and be a leader. And don't just sit back and say like, my library's closed or maybe we're at home. Like look for those ways that you can really shine because they're watching and they need us right now. And I don't know how many times I heard that from our administrators, you know, that thank you and just that praise of even the smallest thing of helping a parent if they're at home or helping a kid find something that's digital, helping them maybe make a website, you know, and this isn't part of maybe what we thought being a librarian is, but our role is being defined. And 
I think that it's going to change forever. We're not going to go back to the things, a lot of the things that we've always done, it's going to be different, I think, from here on out and even better than what we were before. So we have a great opportunity in front of us. We always talk about the librarian who sits in the rocking chair and does read alouds. Obviously, that doesn't exist right now. It could exist virtually, which is fabulous, but it was right for transformation one way or the other. And so having that conversation with your principal, having conversations with your head teachers, curriculum directors, et cetera, about, hey, we have all these tools that we have available through the library that can help facilitate e-learning, hybrid learning, in-person uh, book checkout, supplemental materials for your instruction. Having that conversation, you have witnessed, it, it's more welcome than ever. And I've heard that from librarians across the country that teachers are more open to discovering what resources are available than they ever have before. Before it was, hey, I've got my thing. I'm coming in, I'm doing my lesson, I've got it done. I Now it's, okay, where do I start? Because nobody went to school to teach 100% remote. And so how can we work together and connect the library and the classroom and really define that wedge that is, you know, build instructional partnerships. There's no opportunity like a crisis to, to build relationships and to come together and find common ground. And then when this is over, whatever over is, uh, you can, you have a foundation to build on and can help deepen that instructional relationship and really use all of the great resources that librarians have spent years curating and tool and invested in tools that can help facilitate better instruction. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I go to school every day and I've never been busier. I've never worked so many hours since, you know, we were went on spring break in March and we've been at home and back to school, but even throughout the summer because everybody was at home, but I think being able now to be front and center, to be that leader, it's perfect timing. And so I'm really glad that we have some of the things that we talked about, you know, we have collections and we have destiny and I'm really excited. And I have to mention it to our ether that we just had. And I think that that, you know, just looking at the site, I was looking at it last night, getting ready for the webinar we're having next week. And I love all of the choices and being able, you know, to have the kids, because that was one thing they were so disappointed in the spring, but that was a really fun thing, even though everything was online that the kids loved participating in. And so I'm grateful for that. And I think that that's something that you guys have done a great job in too, giving us that solution. You know, when everything shut down and we had to cancel book fairs left and right because schools weren't in session, um, you know, nobody was gathering. We had to shift quickly and we had just kind of launched the e-fair business, which is really, you know, an online book fair. And we had just launched it. It was in its infancy. We anticipated, okay, well, you know, schools that are maybe out of market for us for book fairs might choose an e-fair. Maybe schools would have a smaller e-fair in between book fairs. And basically it could be a, a supplemental solution to your book fair. Well, when every school in the country shut down, librarians, teachers, principals said, okay, well, A, we have parents who need books 
And Amazon's not a good solution for parents who are just trying to discover books that their kid wants to read. If you know exactly what book you want, okay, fine, search, done. But what we've done with eFairs is really curate lists of books that are age appropriate, grade level appropriate, reading level appropriate. And I think it gives parents a little bit more confidence that they're buying something that is right for their student. So again, it's unfortunate that we have not been able to run all of those physical fairs and that's continued into fall because again, with socially distant guidelines, depending on where you are in the country, students aren't physically in school. So it's impossible to have a, a physical fair. Any fair has been a great alternative that allows libraries and schools to supplement their budgets because we all know that budgets are in a, a state of flux right now. And so e-fairs have been a, a great way to supplement that when they're not able to have the, the physical book fair. So um, appreciate the, the feedback there. And I think that it's going to be an interesting, um, it's going to be interesting to see when schools open, whether, um, you know, how, how many schools choose to continue to offer the e-fair option, because it gives kids the flexibility. It gives parents the flexibility that they don't have to go to a physical book fair to pick out the books that they want. Although I still think kids are excited about seeing that book on the shelf. There's no question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, I know they asked me a lot of questions. A little girl had a bookmark today and she said, she was like, I ordered books. I can't wait to get them. And then her next question, when is the book fair coming to school? Yeah, <laughs> they want, they, they want to carry the book home. There's no question about it, but in a world where we can't do that, this is the second best thing, right? <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been such a great conversation and I want to end, I have to ask the question, like, so what are you guys working on? Like, what's what's coming from Follett? You know, um, we are very excited about being able to offer ship to home for eFairs. We're coming off of the eFair discussion, so it's very timely. We made the decision when the pandemic started that we were going to pause on ship to home because of all of the uncertainty, you know, we didn't know what the economy was going to do. We didn't know how long the shutdown was going to be. We didn't know that it was really going to extend for, it's been eight months that we've been in the middle of this uncertain environment. So we said, you know what, our customers need us to be able to ship those e-fares to a, a individual address. It's, it can't be up to the librarian to have to sort through orders and distribute them given all of the, you know, different blends of in-person versus hybrid versus remote instruction. So we're excited to be able to offer a ship to home option for schools that can't distribute them in person. So I think that's going to be a great way of, again, helping parents build those home libraries. And, you know, I think the other thing is we continue to hear from our customers that they want unlimited access to digital content and they need us to work with our publisher partners to bring more access to digital content. And so we're working on some new lending models as well as um, a new uh, product offering called My Destiny, which will allow for students have access to an entire catalog of unlimited access content, which again, if we've been working on My Destiny for a number of years and had it been available when the pandemic started, it would have been the absolute perfect solution for e-learning. So as much as I wish it was available, we wanted to make sure we got it right. And I think the pandemic has 
expose some things that and expose an opportunity that students need to have access teachers need to have unlimited access to ebooks because that's the best way of delivering that virtual instruction and so it's allowed us to have different conversations with our publisher partners about why it's important and why digital content is is going to be part of our future so those are a couple things we're working on in addition to just making sure that we are empowering our librarian customers to be leaders. So what tools can we develop that can help facilitate future ready, future ready libraries and future ready librarians? Yeah, and, and that's one thing that keeps me up at night, right? Like what can we do to support them? And so we're so thankful for everything that you do and everything that Follett does to support us and all of the great tools too that you've brought to our kids and now to our families and to our teachers because it truly does make a difference. We wanna get books in the hands of kids wherever they're learning. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you, Shannon. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. And a big thanks again to Follett for sponsoring. Excellent. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the Future Ready Librarian podcast, Leading from the Library. I would like to also thank our sponsor, Follett Learning, for their amazing continued support. 